0: We're holding Kuv Chav Gimel Amad Aleph. We're in the middle of the discussion about what you're allowed to move different utensils for. So, um, Rabbi was saying, unlike Rabbi Yehuda, that any keli Shemalachti la le'iser, any keli which is designated for prohibited usage, you're allowed to move it for permitted usage, like it's understood from our Mishnah Bepashtus. And Abai is challenging him from different brices. So now Abai is going to challenge him from another brice. The brice is discussing Yomtiv. On Yomtiv, there are limited things which you're allowed to do for Uykhal Nefesh, not everything you're allowed to do. So, for example, to grind things which you could have ground before Yomtiv, or to crush them, which is the same idea, you're not allowed to crush it on Yomtiv. So, if you're going to crush grains on Yomtiv, you're not allowed to because there's no problem to crush it before yomtiv. Also because you do a large quantity usually and Chacham do not allow things that you could have done before and would not damage it at all and things that you do usually in a large quantity. So this pestle and mortar that we mentioned earlier is used to crush grains. Rashi mentioned they would also crush tree bark for tanning, which both of these things are not allowed in yomtiv. Now, I don't exactly know how, but somehow they would use this pestle, this uh, stick from this mortar, they would use it to cut, to chop meat. It wasn't a typical thing, but it was able to be used for that. The question is, are you allowed to? Says the Gemara, You may not take this pestle, the to, to chop meat with it. you're allowed they agree, they 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 agree. If you already chop the meat, you may not move it. Yes, what Rebbe it. You're not. So they would use it. Uh, as a board to chop the meat on it. So Bishami says he's not allowed to. Beisilal says you are allowed to because Simcha siyam But they all agree that once you finish chopping the meat, it's Mukhtza. So Basil made a special exception that the Simcha Siyamtiv be allowed to use this Mukhtza object to chop the meat. I guess it was the easiest way to do it or whatever it is. But it's usually Mukhtza. Now, why is it muktza? Because it's a Kailish and mm-hmm. malachtin le'isr. So we see, like Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, that a keilish and malachtin is not allowed to be moved on Shabbos or Yomtiv. Some of the Rabbi wanted to answer, some of the that he wanted to answer to him, that this also follows Rav Nehemi's opinion. And we don't follow this law, but the later, you heard the halacha in the name of Rav, that everyone agrees, three types of utensils. Um, there's different explanations of what exactly they are. If they are different utensils of uh, people that dye fabrics, different utensils of people that weave, Fabrics, if it's the beans and the the, the 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 like the sticks that are used for weaving, or according to Tosfos, especially utensils that are used in order to, to to deal with silk, which that would fit much more. This last opinion that it has to do with the things that you that you that you weave, you 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 spin and you weave silk not spin, but you like, you deal with silk, you comb it, that what? came on the copy Since you're very particular about it, you don't want to ruin it, they're very delicate. That's the term that we know today in alocha called Khisarin kis. Anything which is designated for a prohibited usage, and you're very particular about it, you don't want to use it for anything else. So then everyone agrees that it's muktza, muktza gum so here so so he sets it in a place and he doesn't use it so haninami that's rashi's uh, version or this version this one as well what's this this ali this pestle he sets it at a separate, a separate place he doesn't use it it's delicate and therefore it's now she says it's honey, these, the ali and the meducha, the pestle and the mortar. Both of them are delicate, and both of them are not used for anything else. And therefore, usually a kailish and malachti or issu, you're allowed to move for something else. But here it's something delicate you wouldn't use for anything else, and therefore it's muqsagom. Fine. So that's taka that, the halacha, that usually it's allowed, except if it's delicate, and then you wouldn't use it for anything else. Itmar rabkia baraba m like this. There's a is within this rule that, or not within this rule. There's a first of all, um, first of all, if this rule is true, and second of all, to what extent does this rule apply? So let's see. In our Mishnah, when it says you could use a hammer to crack nuts, so we mentioned earlier that it could be a hammer of a blacksmith. Now, a blacksmith is not a very delicate job. And therefore, the hammer does not have not to be very delicate and very smooth. And therefore, he wouldn't mind to crack other things with it. And if there will be any dent, it doesn't, it doesn't It doesn't. bother him. However, a hammer of a goldsmith that's much more delicate, and you might think that he wouldn't want to use it for anything else, and it smokes a He says, no, even a goldsmith's hammer you can use to crack nuts. A hammer of uh, people that crush spices, good smelling spices, Shanina, we're talking about. Says the Gemara, the one who says that even a hammer of spice dealers you may use in order to crack nuts, definitely you may use one of a goldsmith. Why? Because the spice dealer wants to make sure that it should remain clean pure, and should not uh, damage, should not uh, co- uh, take down the value of the spices that he's selling. However, a goldsmith, although he wants it to be smooth, but you could smoothen it later. You can bang it back on that sadan, what is it called again? The forgot the oh, word, uh, word for it. The, the, that, that base, that, that metal base that they use in order to smoothen it. in in order to smoothen the hammer. So, uh, since you could re-smooth it, so it's fine. You're not so careful about it. Uh, But man, the one who says that it's a goldsmith's hammer, if it's of spice dealers, they're more particular. It's a matter of keeping it pure, keeping the smell pure, keeping keeping it clean, which would be harder to be so protective about than to smoothen back the hammer. And therefore they're more particular about the hammer, a spice dealer is much more particular about the hammer than a goldsmith. Fine. Okay. That's concluding the subject of and Now we're going to talk about another topic, a topic called Moving something from the side. So there's like three or four similar topics and it's good to know the differentiation between them. There's something called I have, let's say, I don't know, something looks on the table and I take a, a knife or I take a fork and I push it. So then it says an aloche, it's useless. In other words, it's an extension of your hand. It's as if you moved it with your hand, it didn't help anything. Then there's something called that you're moving something with an unusual part of your body, which that we pass in when it comes to muktza, you can do it whenever you want, there's no problem, it's not considered moving it, if you, no other malacha and chagas, If you move it in the back, with the back of your hand, with any unusual part of your body, it's fine. Then you have ni'ur, ni'ur means shaking off. Let's say you have a table with bones and, and uh, shells, which are totally useless even for animals. And you tip. They would have the tables was like a, a, a board on a, on a frame, and then on, on, it, on its uh, on its feet. So you would you would lift the board, shake it off. So since you're just tipping it and shaking it off, that's totally fine. As long as it's not for the sake of the object you're shaking off. You just want to get it off of here. Then that's always fine. Then you have what we're going to talk about an hour ago more basically what it means is you have a mukta object covering a permitted object in a way that we'll see it's not called buses and you want to shake it off but in order to shake it off you can't just shake it off it's like you're lifting it and then it falls off the example we're going to have over here is they would preserve vegetables by putting it in the ground now if they would have a way to catch the vegetable and pull it out, so as it's going out, it's lifting the earth on top of it, which the earth is muktze, but it's doing it in a way that immediately afterwards is going to fall off. So that's called tiltul I'm I'm moving it indirectly, not for its sake. It's going to fall off immediately after, but it's not shaking it off. It's lifting it and then it's falling off which that's what we're going to deal with in our Uyghimor. Pagov, you have a unripe fig. Shetzmanu and he covered it with, uh, with uh, straw in order to let it ripen. And let's say the straw is a type of straw which is not fit for animals to eat and therefore it's, it's proper moktsu. Or the chadorah, a type of toasted, uh, a type of toast, it wasn't toast, it was baked, toasted they would have like a dough they would put directly on the coals. You didn't just put it on top of coals, you covered it with coals, which coals are obviously muktza. And let's say they're totally extinguished, so there's no problem of uh, of uh, putting out the fire or igniting the fire by moving the coals, but the problem is the coals are mukta, I just can't reach my, my matz, whatever, my toast that I have inside of it. Then. If a bit of the date, of the fig, or of this toast is uncovered so you could grab onto it, you may move it. Vim you have no exposed part, also you're not allowed to move it because it's covered The moktza. Rebbe no, you you have a solution. Toi you take those two tools you mentioned yesterday, the spindle or the... Well, like the, the the stick that they would weave, they would put the thread around. They're both kailin, which you're allowed to use with gufei. the Iser, and stick it in to the fig or to this toast and lift it up, and the earth or the straw will fall off on its own. So that's a machwaicus if you're allowed to do the second option. Could he only hold on to the actual object and pull it out? Are you allowed to even stick in something inside and then, and then pull it out while you're going to have to shake off the earth or the straw? Allah <speaking in Hebrew> like the second opinion that you're allowed to stick in this whatever you call, whatever utensil you're using and pull out this this uh, food. It says, the Gemara, the Memra, you're trying to say, the Savad of Nachmon, Tiltum in atzad, tiltum. Does Rav Nachman hold that this type of moving the sand or the strobe, which is what we said before, called tiltum in atzad, moving it from the side, he holds that it's okay on Shabbos. Rav Nachman clearly said, if you have a radish, they would also stick into the ground to preserve. He put the top part on the bottom, and the bottom part on the top, so there's a wide part on the top. So it's uncovered and you could hold on to it and pull it out. Surely you could take it out of the ground. However, if it's the, if it's, uh, if it's the right side up and then the narrow side is on the top and there's a small string sticking out but everything else is covered with the, with the, with the earth, actually you're not going to move it out because you're pulling out directly the sand. So we see he holds it moving the sand whilst picking it up, although the intention is to throw it off right afterwards, is not allowed. Like the Tanakam of Rabbi Lozer Ben-Tadoy. Why here's the agreeing with Rabbi Lozer Ben-Tadoy? Says the Gemara took back that, that those words that he said over there, and he holds over here that, you're allowed to do Tiltum in Now why is it not called bosses? Why is it not called a base for the sand? So Tosis explains that his intention was to remove it, and Tosis has an opinion that any object, which a mukta object, which was put on a base with the intention to shake off on Shabbos, the base is not called But We don't pass him like that. We pass him that even if it was meant to be just in the beginning of Shabbos, it's already called buses So here that we hold the other issue in the and that's what we pass him that any object. Mukta object, which is there to serve the non mukta object, then so we can't call the non mukta object a buses because the, the, the earth is serving the radish, not the radish serving the, the earth, and therefore it's not called a buses. Although later we'll see a Mishnah which clearly says that if you have a rock on a barrel and intend that it should be there on Shabbos to cover the barrel, then it is called buses. So there's an interesting differentiation. The differentiation is like this. The rock is serving the wine inside the barrel, and it's not directly on top of the wine. And therefore, the barrel is called a base for the rock. Whereas over here, the earth is directly on the radish, and it's serving the radish. Therefore, it's considered a base for the radish, and not vice versa. The example today would be if you put like a rock on a stack of papers, okay, papers, if the papers that you're allowed to read on Shabbos in order that it shouldn't fly away, so then the papers wouldn't become, papers could be muktza also, depending which papers, but if, let's say the papers that are not muktza, then they don't become a base for the rock, because the rock is serving the papers. Okay, that's the idea of tiltum in Next. Machat shel yat. A needle, a sewing needle, Little but you could use it to take out a splinter. Sholech <laughs> Lein break the Rabba Rabbi Yeshev. Rabba's son Rava asked the question from Rabbi Yeshev. May our Rabbi teach us. Machat She-Needle Charor A needle which its hole or its pointy part has broken off and it was basically useless. Mao, can you still use it to take out a splinter? Amalei said, Mat, Nisuad, clear Mishnah. Machat She-Liad, the reason why you're allowed to move on Shabbos. A needle, a sewing needle is to remove a splinter. What does a splinter care if it has a hole or it doesn't? That usage, which you're allowed to use it for on Shabbos, can be done just as well, even if the hole was broken off. He's not speaking about if the point is broken off, that, that, that's not so clear. But at least if the hole is broken off, it does the same job, and therefore there's no reason you shouldn't be able to move it on Shabbos. So the Surava asked back to Rabbi Yisif, It says in Abraisa, "A needle that its hole or its pointy part is broken off, is not mekabel tumah. It's not a kali anymore. So we see, we don't consider it useful because you'll take out a splinter through it. We consider it useless." Amar Abayis. Abayis was listening into the conversation. And he said, Tuma Shabbos Karomis. You're asking a contradiction from tumah to shabbos. Tumah klaim Maisa Bo'inun. For tumah, there has to be a utensil designated for usage for action. Linyan shabbos for shabbos, midi the chazim We need something that is worthy to be used. In. Who cares to be used? Who cares if it's a keli or not a keli? Klaim Maisa means it's made for something, and the designated usage is there. And Shavash, we need it to be usable, so it's usable. And this also Sakhazi, it's, it's usable, it's worth it, it's fit. The to remove a splinter. Oma um, Rava, 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 the, the famous Rava, not Rava, the son. So Rava said to, to Abayin, no, 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 man, the most of Shavir This, my, my friend Rava, the other Rava asked a good question. If for Shabbos not a for is not a in not For Shabbos it's not either a keli. It does go together. For Shabbos you also don't, can't just have something which you could use. It has to be something which is designated for usage. And if it's not, then for Shabbos as well, it's not considered a keli. So here's a good question, and I disagree with Rabbi Yusuf. I agree to his question that you may not use this broken needle to remove this splinter. Masonic. So now Abaya asked another from a Bryson, from a Mishnah. From a Bryson. A needle, whether it has a hole or it does not. You may move it around on Shabbos. When does it make a difference if it has a hole or not? So it's clearly like Rav Yosef's answer. That by two men makes a difference and a Shabbos it doesn't. So here Abayi was defending Rav. Yeah, I guess sounds like a Rav says me'savei. So not Abayi didn't ask the question. People in the yeshiva asked the question, and Abayi came to defend Rav. That Mishnah is talking about when it wasn't yet finished. You started making a needle, but you didn't make the hole yet in the needle. So then, sometimes, the you change your mind. You put it aside as a keili without a hole designated to remove splinters. However, if it broke, whether the hole or the pointy part fell off, no one's going to save it to take, out, need to take out splinters. People throw it away. And therefore, since it's it's not meant to be kept for this usage, it's muksan and Shabbos as well. And that's allah Okay. Now, totally unrelated, why are you bringing this over here? Oh, we'll see soon one. We'll see soon one. We're mentioning over here, derech agav, that allowed to remove splinters and shams. Says the Gemara, a side thing which will later bring this as a proof to prove a certain Allah. Asuva yinuka. There was a certain process they used to do on a, on a baby when it was born to make sure that all of its limbs should be in the right place. When it's born, it's like it, it, the limbs are not straightened out. And if yeah, they would like push it into place, not sure exactly what's the name of the process, how exactly it's done, but that was a normal practice in those days uh, to to like press limbs into place, press a, be, uh, uh, infants, a newborn child's limbs into place. So to, to, to do this limb placement for for an infant, is it allowed on Shabbos? Rav Nachman also, Rav Shesheshon. Nachman says no, and Rav Shesheshon says yes. Yeah. How do I know that you're not allowed to? It's a noun that says You're not allowed to take a medicine or a specific liquid or whatever it was that will cause you to vomit on Shabbos. Um, Which means it's a type of medication that um, I'm sorry, it's not a medication. It's whatever. A person wanted Let's say he ate too much, uh, I don't know what, herring uh, by the Kiddush. And then he remembered that by his chalent, he has very good meat today. But he stuffed himself up with herring. He has no place for the, for the good meat he put into his chalent. What do you do? A simple solution. Clear it up. And you can take a, like a remedy, like drink it, and I'll clear all the herring he had. And now he has space for the sholent. For the so he's not doing it as a remedy. He's doing it for whatever, for convenience. And therefore, you would think that it's not included in the xayra of taking medication on Shabbos because it's not a medication. And that's why one would think that you're allowed to place these limbs by a child because it's not a medication. It's just a regular process. But from this Mishnah, I see that uh, any healing, even if it's not a medication, it's not allowed on Shabbos. So the same would apply to to placing the limbs of the child. But Ashay says, says, no, you can't compare the two. It's not a regular thing for a, for a, I'll say a story later, but the, it's not a regular thing for a, for a person to want to clear his stomach to have the challenge. He usually planned it before, what are you going to eat? That's the regular saying there. And they it's like food. You feed the child, you nurse the child, and you place the limbs. It's the same thing. Okay, now that Shesh his turn. What's my proof that you're allowed to do it? It says, You're allowed to move a needle to remove a splinter, which means you're allowed to remove a splinter. How come? So we see that this is something which is just you know, to, to, to help a person. It's not called a, a, a medication. A person isn't ill. He has something disturbing him. Okay, we're talking, I guess, it's not deep. It's just in the skin, I guess. It's not going to infect him. And therefore, it's not a matter of healing. It's not a sakana. If it's a sakana, for sure you could do it. Somehow you know it's not a sakana, but it's just a convenience. It's not a, a, a it's not a, a rufua. it's helping a person, fixing a person in a regular manner. And therefore, it's allowed. And the same will be to a child. You're just like fixing up the person in a regular manner. And therefore, it's allowed. But Nachman says, no, it's not the same thing. Hasam, they're pocket. It's an additional thing stuck into his finger. You're just removing it. However, here, it's not an additional thing stuck in to the body. It's the body itself. You're placing it. And therefore, it's like you're building, you're fixing, and that's not allowed. However, to remove a splinter, that's not fixing anything. It's an extra thing, an additional thing. that's stuck inside. You're just removing it. So we learned today about, first of all, that was final, that you're allowed to move it for permitted usage, with the exception of a delicate canely that you don't want to get to get ruined, and therefore you're not allowed to move it, which the pestle and mortar are, are an example for that. Um, a goldsmith's hammer is not an example for that, although he doesn't want it to get dented, but he could straighten it out, and therefore it's fine. However, a spice dealer's hammer is included because that will take away, the, the that will ruin the smell, and therefore, you're not allowed to use it. Then we spoke about tiltum in which is basically if you have a, a, a non mukhtzah covered with a mukhtzah and you're just sticking something inside and pulling it out, so you're like lifting it and then shaking it off. So is the, the question is, is that allowed to be done? And the answer is yes. Is that yes, since the purpose is the, the, the permitted object inside and you're your, your, Pulling it out with the mukta, but you're throwing it off immediately after, then that's fine. That's called tiltum inatzat. And you're not directly touching the mukta, you're touching it, you're just sticking something in to the non-muqta and pulling it out. Then we spoke about a, a sewing needle that you're allowed to move in order to take out a splinter. What about if it's broken? So the maskarna was that there's two opinions. The maskona was that you're not allowed to move it because although a unfinished needle, without a hole, then you're allowed to move on Shabbos to remove a splinter. That's because occasionally they put it aside to just take out splinters. But a broken needle you throw away, you don't keep it in there for it's muqtsu. Now, the fact that you're allowed to remove a splinter caused a different discussion. It's not considered rifuah. Why not? Because you're fixing a healthy person, something additional attached to them, you just taking it out. You're not healing anyone. Now, the question was, can we compare to that Fixing up an infant, a newborn, to put his limbs into place. Rav Nachman says, no, we cannot compare. You're fixing him up. It's like building like Maccabee or like building. You're not allowed. Rashish says, You are allowed, or you're allowed to remove a koitz. So Rav Nachman says, no, a koitz is an additional thing. It's not fixing the actual thing. You're just stuck inside. You're just taking it out. Rav Nachman says, you're not allowed to just like you're not allowed to take a remedy to cause yourself to vomit when you don't need it for health reasons or just for convenience reasons. So we see that any fixing to yourself, even for convenience reasons, are not allowed. And therefore you're not allowed to set up this child. He says, no, there's not a regular thing. Here it's a, reg- a standard behavior. And therefore, it is allowed. Just, uh, if you wanted to say, I heard I was a marshal from the Dub- Dubna Magid. Well, you know, these do not have any pictures, as you know. So he came once to that town, and he sees there's a guy coming to town. The of the market came to town. Yeah. And this other guy is a faker, and he's uh, pretending he's Dubna market. So he's Dubna Maggit. He you know what, that will make a fool of myself start so arguing with him. Let me just sit down and hear what he has to say. So he was saying, and he's repeating old rushes of the the, the market. He was actually nice, and everyone was, was, was uh, enjoying it. And he was quiet. And then all of a sudden, he started saying his own things. Yeah? He started saying his own things. So then he got up and he said, okay, Atkan, let me tell you a story. Here's a story. There was a poor man, a brother of a rich man. The a rich man, you know, I don't know, if, whatever. What was the Shlomazul? What was not the Shlomazul? And the, the rich man was making a wedding for his, uh, his uh, son, daughter, whatever it is. And the poor man was hoping to get invite, invited to his, brother, to his brother's son's wedding. So he starved himself all day And you know, because he had finally a proper feast by the Hasana, and he was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. His brother's not calling him, so he came late. He said, You know what? I'm hungry. He took some onions and he took his hard bread and he ate and he ate and he ate. He was hungry. Just then, messengers come and knock on his door and says, Your brother's calling you for the wedding. Okay, he gets dressed, comes to the wedding. They give him good food and he eats 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 and he eats. That was too much. And then it uh, starts, you know, he starts returning it, returning his present. So his brother, like, holds and puts his hand on his shoulders and, like, brings a bowl in front of him and like, is like supporting him. And then, you know, the further the last course, the dessert comes out and the course before, then the. And then it starts coming out some bread and onions. She says, "No, no, no. What I gave you, I have to take care of you. When you were spinning out what I gave you, that's fine. But you're spinning out your own. Deal with it yourself." So telling you telling no, me, if you're spinning back, you know, my show, because I'm today, right, you can speak. But you're you to speak out your own stuff here. Then, 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 I have to like uh, put a stop to it." Okay, I just remembered it from the and and the and the show. Okay.